This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Hello out there. Welcome to episode number 104 of the Good Neighbor Podcast here in Pasco County. I'm joined today by Mike Bayern. He is the managing, co-managing attorney with Potter Bayern Law. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, you know, it's knocking down the fourth wall here. It is Monday when we're recording this. I don't know if it'll air until later in the week, but it's uh, it, the, this Monday is dragging a little bit. So hopefully we'll make this the highlight of both of our days and we'll learn a little bit about your firm. We'll go from there. I feel you on that. That sounds good. A little bit about the Good Neighbor Podcast, just so you're aware of what we do and why we do what we do. Back in 2020, during COVID, the Good Neighbor Podcast was basically birthed out of the whole social distancing, and it was a way for businesses and community leaders and people that do philanthropic things and charities to tell the community what they had going on. And in the past you know, three plus years since the Good Neighbor Podcast launched, we now have podcasts in Denver, Atlanta, Virginia, all over the U.S., I'm lucky enough to be the person here in Tampa that gets to talk to business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals like you. So with that said, tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, so uh, our business is Potter Baron Law. We uh, practice in business litigation, commercial litigation, and personal injury um, litigation and claims and things like that. Um, I actually run it with my wife. So we're business partners, law partners as well. And um, we started it about two years ago. Well, actually, I should say, or I'll get in trouble. She started about two years ago, and then I joined kind of shortly after. So, so you're not a founding partner. You're just a co-managing partner. You're it, she's the founder. You're just kind of the 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 ne'er do well that came in and, and just jumped on ship. Exactly. I boarded the ship once it started going. So that's that's her story, and she's sticking to it. Well played. Yeah, well played. Yeah, you you know what? If you want to sleep well at night, you might want to stick to that story too. I completely get it. So where where do you guys generally practice? Is your where's your footprint? Is it all over Tampa? Is it just Pasco, Pinellas? Is it uh Hillsboro? Yeah, so we have offices in uh Tampa and Lando Lakes. My personal office that I go to every day is in Lando Lakes, but uh, you know, just like the podcast with COVID, it law kind of changed where a lot of things in court now are on Zoom or on the phone, court hearings, not all of them, but a lot of them. So it made it a lot more accessible. So we practice actually all over Florida. Okay. Uh, most of our cases are local in Tampa, um, Pinellas and Pasco, but we do have a couple of cases in Broward and, you know, that area, West Palm Beach kind of all over. So. so you kind of, you threw out a couple different areas of law. You threw out like business corporation type. Uh, I'm assuming that's a lot of contract stuff. And then, you know, everybody seems to have a, like a PI branch or some sort of personal injury branch to what they do. Cause there's a lot of that that goes on, but is your bread and butter, like from a percentage standpoint, where's the majority of your business kind of fall under? So I would say um, kind of before I came in, the majority of our business was personal injury. And since I've come into the firm, we've started building up our commercial um, litigation. I call it a department, but, you know, my wife and I kind of work on our cases all together as a close knit team, um, you know, because I have experience in that in that area of law. So we're trying to grow it up to be 50 50 or, or so. So give me like a garden variety. You say commercial litigation. Is that. um 
you know, is, is it contra? I mean, I'm an, I'm a, you know, a, 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 a novice. I don't quite understand the, the, lit- you know, the different terminology that you guys, that you lawyers tend to have. Is that strictly like contract law, business contract law? Uh, is it employment uh, agreements, things like that? Yeah, no, I, I get that. And that, you know, I get that all the time. Um, yeah, I would say a better terminology probably is like business dispute uh, law. So we don't uh, right now, eventually we will probably expand into it, but we don't write contracts and things like that. But if you have a dispute involving a contract, you know, that's something that we'll take a look at and we'll be able to help you out with, whether it's in a lawsuit or not. So if you even say, hey, I think somebody is breaching this contract, can you take a look and let me know? That's something that we'll be able to help you with. So a lot of it is, um, you know, it's a pretty broad term, but a lot of it is um, in construction law. If you have a builder, uh, you have a problem with a builder and you think that they didn't abide by the contract or small business to small business. A lot of our clients are small businesses that, you know, feel like they have a dispute with part of their business going on. So, so, okay. So that kind of leads me into my next question then. Like, what is generally like a myth or a misconception that people run into? If I have a contract that says this contract could be terminated at any time for any reason with 30 days written notice, is there really a way to dispute anything? If that contract gets dissolved, there's really not any option there. Yeah. So there's actually, you know, sometimes the contracts are written poorly and there's inconsistencies in the contracts. And something a lot of people don't know is generally under Florida law, if a contract is ambiguous. It gets the legal terminology, and they'll break it down. Is it gets construed against the drafter, meaning that the courts will interpret it in your favor if you're not the one who wrote it. So sometimes, if you could find something that's not too clear, you know, your lawyer can go into court and say, "Judge, this isn't clear, and you should interpret it in favor of my client." So there are ways, you know, certain things you can do. Sometimes there's not, uh, and I have to deliver the bad news. But yeah. you know, there's. A lot of times it's worth it to have an attorney look at it. And, you know, one thing we do is we offer consultations. If you don't want to, you know, retain us and pay a full retainer fee just to do a consultation, say, hey, do I have anything here or not? Right. So, I mean, that is that is definitely a good thing. I mean, that's kind of the toughest thing. I think a lot of people kind of playing off the myth or misconception is people think just to have that conversation now. Uh, let me back up. I've had attorneys work on cases for me that bill me in 10 minute increments. So I, that's not a myth or a misconception. But a lot of people tend to think that you have to almost shell out a retainer just to get that initial conversation. And what you're saying is that's not the case. Let us evaluate. Let us see what's going on. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For our commercial cases, we do. Um, it is a paid retainer, but it's obviously much less than you would have to do. I'm, I'm sorry, not a retainer. It's a paid consultation. But it's a much less than you'll have to do, uh, you know, if you actually retain an attorney to go, you know, full force into your case. And, you know, oftentimes we can work with you if there's certain circumstances or things like that. So, And then, you know, this type of law, I mean, all law can get very granular because you're looking at case law and all this other stuff, depending on if it's a car accident, a business dispute or criminal stuff, whatever it is. But, you know, contract law is one of those things that you just said, like, and what I understood from the way you said it, and I could be completely wrong, is if you're looking at a contract that somebody else writes, if there's ambiguity in that contract, it's almost the burden of being concise is on the person writing the contract. So if it's not written in a proper way, that kind of creates some possible 
invalid, you know, it, it, not not full validity to the contract, and that onus is on the person who writes it. <clears throat> is that like doing that kind of work? I mean, you are you're not only a lawyer, but you almost have to be like an English major on top of that to kind of dive into it. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very granular and that's our job is, you know, what does this word mean? What does that word mean? And sometimes I'll, even when I'm right reading a contract, I'll go to Merriam Webster, Webster dictionary and yep. I put that before the court. I'm like, judge, this is what the dictionary says. The word means this is what the other side saying the word means. And the two don't equate, you know, you got to use the dictionary definition. So yeah, it gets very granular. I would also say if you're trying to do a contract, don't do it yourself. It's worth it to hire an attorney to do that. Um, you know, because a lot of times if you hire an attorney, they can avoid some of these issues. Some things have boilerplate or standard terminology that the courts have already interpreted in certain ways. So right. you know what it's going to mean later. And, you know, sometimes there's not, but at least you can cut down on the risk. So, Mike, all this stuff sounds so incredibly exciting. I know people are on the edge of their seat <laughs> listening to contract law discussion. When you and your wife are not at the firm here and you are not, you know, either, you know, finding people that have personal injury or working through contracts, what do you guys do for fun? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my my secret fun thing that I, I never want to admit to anybody because it's the boring one is, you know, we watch a lot of Netflix together. Obviously, everybody does these days. But, you know, that that's something that we are guilty pleasure kind of thing. But other right, so than pause that, right we, there. Um, pause right there. What's the most recent thing you've watched on Netflix? And give us a kind of a review of it. Okay, so this was not my choice. This was my wife's choice. Oh, come on. Like, all right, well, yeah, it's not. Well, air quotes. We're going to people can't see it. It's not your choice. You're blaming your poor wife. It's going to be like, uh, it's going to be like, uh, what's her name? Emily goes to Paris or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no. Love is blind. Um, it was the was uh, what we watched the most recently. But before that, I watched. Uh, I without her, I was watching The Witcher, which I know it has like kind of mixed reviews, but I enjoyed it. I like the fantasy stuff, so I, I had a good time watching it. So, Love is Blind is that a reality show? <laughs> yeah, it's like they you they there's 20 people or whatever, and then they go into different pods that they can't see each other, so they have to talk to each other to get to know each other, and you have to mm. propose to the person without ever seeing them. Oof. And then it goes into like the second segment of the show where they meet and they do the honeymoon and all that kind of stuff. So. Oof, that is it's a rough one. Yeah. It's a good that social a experiment. I was a sociology uh, minor in college. So that part of it is actually kind of interesting to me, but the reality stuff is a little too much drama. Well, yeah, there is a whole psych, there is a whole psychosis to a, just going on a reality show to begin oh, with yeah. that you have to look into, but then, um, so do a lot of people end up getting engaged in, in, I mean, I don't want to give it away. I mean, I want to ruin a lot of it. You're going to give specifics, but <laughs> out of 20, out of, is it 20 couples? Yeah, uh, I can't, I made up the number 20, but oh. it's something around there. So I, I, and they don't think they show everyone that's like, you know, starts out or whatever. So I, my best guess is like probably about half of them end up you know, getting engaged and stuff. And then the show kind of follows their journey from there. A lot of them don't end up getting married by the end of it, but there's a few who have. So it's interesting. I mean, there's got to be a, there has to be a follow-up somewhere in that where like, like uh, love is blind plus 30 days or plus 60 days or, 
I mean, just to see them in their kitchen fighting over like some random cereal or something like that. Yeah, that's the second half of the show. So after oh, okay. they go on the honeymoon and it shows you all that stuff. And then they go into their real lives and like meet the parents, integrate the lives. And then the last episode is going down the altar and they either have to say yes or no. So it's pretty awkward because some of them say, no, I can't do it. So They go all the know. way through to the end and then say no. Some of them, yeah. I don't know how long the whole program is. You know, it's truncated because it's like a Netflix yeah, show. But it's got to be a few months or whatever, you know, that they Man. Know. Yeah. And I got to ask this question. It's going to be very superficial of me. Are these attractive human beings or are these people like – like uh, Discovery Channel type people. I mean, I don't yeah, know what that even I, means. I don't know what Discovery like, Channel type people are, but. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, most of them are like at least mildly attractive, you know, like there hasn't been anyone on there that you're like, okay, you know, why is this person on the show or whatever, which would make it a whole nother and I think more interesting right. show, to be honest. So I don't know. I think there's got to be something with watchability or something like that, yeah. that the producers looked at. Beyond my pay grade, but okay. So then, let me ask you this question. Then, before we get onto the other stuff you and your wife do for fun, during Love Is Blind, are you and your wife like critiquing it as you go? Is she saying, you know, she shouldn't do this and he shouldn't do that? And like, is there a, like is there a show within the show? Like, if we had if we had a camera in your house, like Mystery Science Theater two thousand or whatever that show was. Watching you watch TV, is that a whole other show in and it's in and amongst itself? You know what? It's hard to answer that question because I've never thought about it before. But now when I go home tonight, I'm definitely <laughs> going to be paying attention to that. It is definitely, you know, I did a thing with a buddy of mine years ago. He did comedy and we did like a whole thing of watching shows and critique and not critiquing, but commenting on the shows and taping it to the, uh, taping it. That's how long ago it was. There was no digital. Um, so we did some of that. It's, it's funny to watch because you watch your reactions and some oh, of the yeah. stuff you talk over and it's crazy. But so, all right. So Love is Blind is one. The Witcher is another one. You know, uh, it's got uh, Superman in it. I, I haven't seen a lot of The Witcher. I do like some fantasy stuff. I, I, other stuff, I'm not. Like, I don't know what my thing is, why I like Star Wars, but I don't like Lord of the Rings. Why yeah. I like Game of Thrones, but I don't like, you know, not that I don't like The Witcher. I just haven't gotten into The Witcher. Some of the stuff appeals to me, some doesn't. Um, is it set in a real time or is it a completely fantasy world? The Witcher? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally fantasy world. It's not, yeah. It's like Game of Thrones where it's just a made up world, made up geography, all that stuff. Okay. So now are you a Game of Thrones guy? I definitely did watch Game of Thrones. Yep. That was a really good show. I loved it. I literally, everybody complained about the last season. I loved it until really the last Two episodes. I mean, you know, when she, she kills the Night King, I'm not ruining anything. Spoilers. Arya kills the Night King. If you haven't watched <laughs> Game of Thrones by now, I'm spoiling it for you on purpose. But what, up till that point, it was fantastic. It's just those last couple episodes where Daenerys does a complete 180 after seven seasons of preaching one thing and just goes like instantly mad. It feels like they were trying to cram two extra seasons yeah. into like two episodes. And it just really... That's the only thing I didn't like about it. Now, I do like House of Dragon. I don't know if you guys have watched that and seen that yet. We haven't. We started the first few episodes, and for whatever reason, we never continued on with it. But I definitely got to get back into it. Yeah, you got to get into it. It's kind of one of those things. It's weird. Unlike Game of Thrones that's very um, chronological, like walking you through everybody's lifeline, this kind of has time jumps. 
So oh, it's so far into history, and I get—I don't know how close they're going to bring it to Game of Thrones where it was, but you're starting to see people from different houses come into it, but it time jumps. It starts in one, then jumps ahead like 10 years, and then jumps ahead another 10 years. So it is pretty It is pretty interesting to see this this base of what you know ends up getting talked about in Game of Thrones forever. So, all right, besides TV and stuff, what other stuff do you guys do? Do you race, you race NASCAR? You ride Harleys? Do you... Uh, skydive. What other stuff are you guys into? Aside from racing NASCAR, we uh, we do uh, we like to volunteer with uh, some things, and we have our dog. We go on walks. We like to go walks in nature, go hiking, things like that. And uh, we had a we were in the Big Brother Big Sister program for a few years that recently ended just because our uh, little brother kind of aged out and everything. Gotcha. But we still have contact with him, so we like doing stuff like that. Uh, going, going out, going hiking, doing, doing things in nature whenever we, I can. Yeah. I, I have a fat English bulldog and you see him in the graphic. He, his idea of hiking is walking to the curb <laughs> to go to the bathroom and then walking back in and then climbing. He does a lot of climbing. It's onto the couch and then yeah. goes right back to sleep. So he's not really what I would call an active, uh, outdoorsman type dog, but, um, but you would definitely be interested in, and we could talk offline a little bit about what we do in the um, in the Rotary Club in Wesley Chapel. It's right near where you're at. We do oh, cool. some things with programs in the community. If you're looking for some philanthropy, uh, there's definitely some cool things there. So, um, but you did say besides NASCAR, are you guys follow NASCAR? Or do you actually like to drive fast? No, no, I was just kidding because you making said a bad NASCAR. joke. Yeah, yeah, making, making a, a joke, joke exactly. about NASCAR. Gotcha. So, what one of the things I like to ask people because. Um, you know, besides people who might need your services from a contract standpoint or a PI standpoint as an attorney, a lot of business owners like to listen to the podcast. And it's it's a good example for them to hear about a time in your life, maybe when you had a hardship or a time when you didn't think, you know, maybe you were going to get through something and you were able to turn other than having like a Dallas cell phone number uh, as the only random thing where people think you're from Texas. Uh, people, I, I I used to have a New Jersey phone number. I got rid of that. But people, as soon as I pick up the phone, know that I'm not from Georgia when they see my Georgia cell phone number. But um, what would be a hardship that you've run into that you've been able to come out the other side and, and you know galvanize yourself with? Yeah. So, I mean, I, something that was kind of like pops in my mind, to be honest, is just, you know, starting the firm. And, you know, obviously my wife started at first, but it was a team decision. Um, you know, just taking that jump, taking that leap of faith, like, can we do it? Can we put it all on the line, um, you know, and get out there and rely on ourselves to do that? So, you know, I definitely applaud all the business owners, uh, you know, listening to this podcast because it's it's tough to make that decision and get out there and do it. And um, it's totally worth it, though. So once you get on the other side, even though we're still you know going, still making it work, uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't want to go back. So let me ask you this. Were you working for a firm and your wife was like, look, I'm going to start this thing. And when you're ready, come on board. Or were you doing something totally different and then kind of just, you know, moved into this? Yeah. So I was actually uh, working for a firm and I still actually do a little bit of work with them. The partner that I was working for is a great guy um, and I have a good relationship with him. And some of the more complex cases I was working on, I agreed to, you know, kind of stay on related with them. It's called of counsel is the legal term and help them out with those. So, you know, I was working for a firm and then the, you know, it just got bigger and bigger and she's like, okay, I really, you know, you got to come on board. I need your help. And so actually I ended up splitting my time between the two for about six months uh, while we, you know, continued to ramp up. And then I went over full time 
to Potter Baron Law, except for those couple cases that I'm helping out with in December uh, of last year. So it really is. You know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of lawyers. I talk to a lot of real estate agents, you know, um, you go and get this professional designation and even doctors, the same thing, you know, you go and get this professional designation and it teaches you the law or it teaches you real estate or it teaches you how to cut somebody open or provide, you know, give them medical direction. It doesn't teach you how to be a business person. And that's kind of one of those things where people, you know, think, Oh, you know, I'm going to get like, you know, real estate agents is a lot of, you know, a lot of the people that'll say, you know, I got my real estate license. Now I'm a realtor. And it's like, no, you're a person with a license that's practicing real estate. <laughs> yep. Then you can become a realtor and, and become a business person. And then, you know, maybe you'll be one of those top people that produces. It's like that with all that stuff. So they don't necessarily teach you QuickBooks and accounting and marketing and, and how to bring in clientele and do all the stuff that's needed to actually run the business side of it. So that is a kind of a scary, a scary step. And it's good. I, you know, I, I applaud your wife for really paving the way for you to be able to do this. That's pretty, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it is really cool that you have a team, you know, a team atmosphere where you guys can do that stuff together. I mean, what, <clears throat> if there's one thing you, you know, listeners who are listening to this, if there's one thing they need to know about the firm as to why they should use you, what would be that one thing you want them to know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we're a family business and we try and keep that mentality and that culture, um, you know, with our employees and with our clients. One of the biggest complaints that I hear from people uh, about lawyers is lack of communication. I don't know what's going on with my case. I haven't heard from my lawyer in four months, five months or whatever. Um, And a lot of times people just plain don't understand what happened in their case because they'll tell me one thing and then we'll get into it and I'll look through the documents and something completely different happened than what they believe happened. Like, you know, I called this firm and, you know, they were taking the case that did this and that. And then I, you know, get the file from the other firm and they were actually never even retained. So, Mm. you know, that's one thing that we pride ourselves on is, you know, being communicative with clients. That's one of my favorite parts of the job is, you know, taking the complex legal stuff and kind of breaking it down, um, you know, for the client to be able to understand what's going on in their case. We have a firm policy that, you know, we make sure we give periodic updates and we have a meeting every week to make sure that we are, you know, keeping in touch with our clients, keeping them apprised of what's going on on a regular basis. So, you know, that is also, you know, a big thing too, is that, when people are involved in some sort of litigation, it's a scary, I mean, while you deal with it regularly, it's generally a scary time in their life where they're trying to figure out, you know, what's the next thing I got to do. So uh, having that communication to put people's mind at ease is definitely, definitely a big component. It's kind of like a doctor having a bedside manner, which is is fantastic. Um, So what is the best way if someone's listening and they're thinking they might have a contract issue or they're, you know, they just, they just ran into somebody on 275 and they need a PI attorney. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you guys? Yeah. So the best way we offer a lot of ways to get in touch with us because we want you to have your, that convenience. You can go to our website, potterbaronlaw.com and submit, um, you know, an inquiry that goes to myself and my wife and we'll be able to see it. And you can explain a little bit about what's going on. Or you could just give us a call at 813-315-4177 is our office number. And our uh, you know client specialist, client intake specialist will get in touch with you 
and see what's going on and set up a consultation so you can talk directly to one of the attorneys. So, folks, if you're listening to this, we'll, we'll include the website when we post the podcast. We'll include all that information in there as well. But the best way to get a hold of the firm is to just call and speak to a specialist and have them arrange some time for you to talk to the attorneys. It is 813-315-4177. Mike, thank you so much for being a good neighbor. Thank you for being on the Good Neighbor Podcast. You have a tremendous week, man. I appreciate your time. You too. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passcode. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's gnppasco.com or call 813-922-3610.